Episode 10 of Pat's Interference is right here. I'm Patrick Norwood. He is Patrick Brickman. It is November 3rd. We are talking LSU, talking Kirby Smart leaving, talking about generic brands of cereal. We've got it all right here. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Pat's Interference. What's going on, everybody? It is episode 10. Patrick, we've already done 10 episodes. Can't Big believe it. baby. You are listening to Pat's Interference, episode 10. It is November the 3rd, 2015, LSU week. Patrick, my favorite month of college football, November. I'm so excited. Uh, for everybody serious. at home, I am Patrick Norwood. I'm Patrick he- Brickman is Patrick Brickman, and this is Pat's Interference again. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on social media. Patrick, where, where can they find us on Facebook? They can find us on Facebook. All you got to do is search Pat's Interference with the apostrophe right there. Whoop! Pat's Interference on Twitter. You can go to PI underscore podcast, and we also have a website, and we're on iTunes. All right, patsinterference.com, or just search again Pat's Interference on iTunes. We pop up. I've changed. On iTunes. We're a big deal. We are a big deal. We work with Steve Jobs, sort or well, Steve Jobs, the late heir, Steve Jobs, I guess. Yeah. He's an Auburn graduate. But anyway, okay. LSU preview, Patrick. Uh, let's get right down to it. Go ahead and give me your X factor for Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. Well, let me start off by saying that the LSU game, guys, that's the one. I mean, I for me, I love the Iron Bowl. I love the Tennessee game. I love the other ones, but this one is the one. This is the game I look the most forward to in college football for various reasons. I would one agree. because it's always a great game. I agree. Um, yep. And just, I, I don't know, the way the jerseys look on the field, there's clash with ours, and it's just, uh, I don't know. X factors in the game. I think the, the main X factor in the game is going to be uh, the turnover battle, because think back to how we've played at home this year. I mean, we've been hit or miss, mostly miss at home, and a lot of that has been due to our untimely turnovers with five in the old Miss game. Uh, we had one, I want to remember, in the Tennessee game, and we just have not been world beaters at home and we've been world beaters on the road so i've actually been a little bit more nervous with this game being at home and uh having a turnover prone team and a turnover prone quarterback against a turnover producing defense that lsu has so i don't know if if, whoever has more turnovers it sounds like it's sort of a uh a a cliche in football but it's a cliche for a reason because it's usually true i think if we win the turnover battle uh, the two teams are so evenly matched. Whoever has the least amount of turnovers is going to be the one that can score the most points. I think it's going to be low scoring to begin with. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned it, Patrick. This is my favorite game every year, too. I was at, as I've mentioned, pretty much every episode because it is one of my favorite Alabama Lucky. football memories. Maybe Lucky. my favorite Alabama game I've ever been to. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know what? talking about cl- last year's game. Yeah, yeah, it's the 2014 LSU game. Uh, Blake Sims driving down the field and beating, or tying the game and then beating LSU in overtime. That was what a moment great. for that guy. What a great game Just that was. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, you know, a close. That's a close second to my number one, which is the rematch shutout in the national championship again against LSU. So, you know, this game is always so big and it's so monumental. And there, I I don't remember the last time there was a year that this game didn't have some sort of implication for the rest of the season as far as national championship hopes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That being said, I think this version is going to be a little... It'll be one to remember for sure because of the weather. 
lots of rain in Tuscaloosa this week. A hundred percent chance. Now I know it's Tuesday, but a hundred percent chance of rain oh, on Saturday. Uh, ooh, you know, you I hope it's the, bad. I, hope, I, want see, I want to see puddles. You, you mentioned the turnover battle, Patrick. This this could be a, a run and gun uh, sort of game where uh, you know maybe we don't really have the opportunity opportunity excuse me to run the jet sweep. Fingers crossed uh, because <laughs> the weather is so bad. Uh, but it'll be. You know, who holds on to the football and who holds on longer. So I think uh, my X-Factor and your X-Factor kind of go hand in hand. Patrick, who needs to play the best on Saturday for their team to win? Well, this is going to be a a game where I think running is going to be featured. With that being said, I think it's going to be the guys throwing the ball uh, when we're not, you know, giving us that healthy mix. Uh, we've seen when Coker can just have the time to throw and complement the run game, uh, maybe throwing it 18 times in a game and completing 11 of them, we've been totally fine. Those are the games we've played really well in, when he's accurate, when he's hitting his guys, when he's the offense is giving him an opportunity to succeed. I think the way Coker plays and the way he is mentally going into this game because he hasn't played in a game quite like this before is going to be the thing that sticks out. But um, how many times have we said that this season about Coker? He's never played in a game like this. This is his well, biggest it's game. Well, it's true. This is his I biggest mean, game. It feels like every single week. Like, last week we were talking – or two weeks ago, excuse me, we were talking like, oh, Coker's probably never played in a rivalry game like this. It's the Tennessee game. And then, you know, first game of the season, it was like, oh, it's his first opener. You know, how's he going to play? Well, actually, we were Just talking shows about the stakes if he are getting higher. Play. Just shows the yeah. stakes are getting higher. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, yeah, I, I like I like He's yours. He's talked about go. how he feels the pressure, how there's a lot of pressure on him as an Alabama quarterback. So – yeah, well, Each the first step is going to get worse. Now. Iron Bowl is going to be big if we, you know, Lord willing, we make that SEC championship. It's going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And then hopefully we win, and it's college football playoff time. I mean, it's it's just going to get worse from here. Uh, you know, because the Mississippi State game the past few years too. I don't want to look too far ahead, but it's always been sloppy because it's the week after LSU. I mean, yeah. I you know, last year was a little different because they came in, they were ranked number one. It was a big game. I can't believe Mississippi State was ranked number one. Every single time I see that or hear that, I'm like, what? There's no way. There but they were. When they were one and Ole Miss was two. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. But, yeah, so, you know, I, I like I like what you're saying about Coker. I'm going to move to the other side of the ball and say Brandon Harris needs to have a big game for LSU to win. Um, if you go back to the Georgia game, and I know that, you know, there were a lot of factors going into that game, and uh, I don't think that Georgia's offensive line really stacks up that well compared uh, to LSU, but Alabama's defense this year has a great ability to shut down strong runners, which is exactly what Leonard Fournette is. They shut him down all year last year. Everybody remembers the huge hit Reuben Foster had. That was on a kickoff return, but uh, you know, still it was it was a huge hit on uh, Leonard Fournette. So I think that the game kind of lies in Brandon Harris's hands. And it will sort of turn into whether or not he can either capitalize on Alabama mistakes or answer to Alabama touchdowns uh, or field goals, God willing. Um, so I think the game kind of relies in Brandon Harris's shoulders. I'm not really sure he can handle the pass rush of Alabama, uh, but I do think if Alabama lets Brandon Harris sit back there and just sort of you know work the pocket, maybe get it, get outside the co- pocket and scramble for five or six yards out of bounds, it's going to be a long, long game for the Tide, 
Uh, so I think it's important to get a pass rush on Brandon Harris and make him feel uncomfortable back there. Uh, that being said, Patrick, what's more important in your opinion in this game? Will it be the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball? I think it's going to be low scoring, so I think it is going to be uh, the offense. I think just by nature, when we play them, it's uh, usually a very low scoring affair, 24-20, 17-13. And I think it's going to be much of the same, especially like we've mentioned the weather and we've mentioned uh, the two less experienced quarterbacks and the uh, two explosive running backs. So yep. we're both going to be trying to run it down each other's throat. Uh, I think yeah. the team that can block in the rain, I think the team that can uh, have success on offense, that's going to be what's looming large because here's the secret. I, th- I already think our defense is better than LSU's defense. I do too. I think it's going to be a test of to see who who's off if our offense can also – complement the defense because when we don't when they don't complement the defense when our defense has looked rough it's because the offense has put them in positions to be that way people yeah. want i've heard people complaining about the way they played against tennessee the the defense even though they ended up winning the game but it's just because you can't go punting the ball or fumbling the ball or throwing interceptions and not scoring three and out stuff like that possession after possession because the fatigue factor takes place on defense. Um, yeah. And this is all a kind of a roundabout way of saying that I think, especially looking at Alabama's team, offense is going to be much more important just because if they can't give the defense a chance to get off the field, uh, that's when Fournette's going to break off some long runs. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I sort of agree with you because, like you said, it is going to be a low-scoring game, but the reason it's going to be a low-scoring game, Patrick, is because both of these defense defenses excuse me, have – uh, future NFL stars. Uh, shocker that that happens in an LSU-Alabama game, I know. But it, it it really is going to be a defensive contest. Everybody knows, or everybody that is listening, I would assume, knows Alabama's lineup. You know, uh, the breakouts this year of the freshman defensive backs going back to the safety seniors, or upperclassmen, I should say, Cyrus Jones and Eddie Jackson. Uh, you know, so I, I just, I think it's going to be a defensive about uh but like i was saying everybody knows sort of the roster on alabama side of the ball but you look over at uh lsu you've got a senior in jalen mills who's great going to be a great uh future nfl player um you've got tredavious white a junior quarterback who's uh come up huge this year for lsu he also uh returns punts for them uh you know patrick you uh, kendall beckwith even uh you know it's just they're stacked they are stacked front to back, um, you know, and I, I haven't even gone into God show or any of the uh, sort of monster defensive linemen that LSU has that Derrick Henry is going to have to run past because I don't think that Coker is going to be in the right mindset for this game. And now I don't think he's going to play bad. I just don't think he's going to be able to come out and have a breakout game against such a good defense like this. So I think it will sort of rest on the offensive line and Derrick Henry as to uh, who wins this ball game, uh, so I would go ahead and say that it is a defensive matchup. But you know, I, I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. Well, it's going to be interesting to see if we get um, Georgia Coker or Tennessee Coker. Yeah. Because Georgia Coker, if we get Georgia Coker, nobody will beat us. We can yeah. beat Ohio State ten times in a row if we get Georgia Coker. I think I, even I if Texas A&M Coker comes out. I'd be fine with Texas A&M Coker. That's kind of that middle ground. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he 
He didn't have any touchdowns, but do. he played with more he heart in with... that game than he has the entire season. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the game where he, the media has kind of said that he won the team's respect, and that's where they came up with all the nicknames. Uh, I'm going to ask you now. With this, we both have kind of agreed that this is going to be uh, not a Big 12 shootout kind of game, but a, a classic low-scoring Alabama-LSU game. Uh, what, what's your score prediction? I've gone back and forth on this so many times this week. Uh, I, I picked LSU a little bit in my head, just winning by a little bit or, you know, coming out. I can't out, blame you. We haven't played well at home. We really maybe, haven't. Maybe blowing out Alabama at home. Uh, in the first couple of quarters, then Alabama making it close to the end. Patrick, at the end of the day, uh, I- I'm going to go 21-17 Alabama. What do you think a... gives us the edge? Defense. I-, I think the defensive side of the ball. And I know I just talked about how great LSU is. But, Patrick, I think we're easily watching one of Nick Saban's best defenses ever walk out on the field every night, uh, every Saturday night. Um, you know, they-, they rival 2011 in my mind. Not because the defensive linemen are as good. They're great, don't get me wrong. But I don't think they quite match up to that 2011 team or the linebackers. But the defensive backs are so head and shoulders above what the 2011 defensive backs are. You're right. You're right. Uh, that when a ball goes in the air now, I'm kind of just waiting for Minka Fitzpatrick or Marlon Humphrey or uh, Eddie Jackson or Cyrus Jones to come up and pick it off. Whereas in 2011, a ball went up in the air and I thought, oh God, here goes another touchdown. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go 21, 17 Alabama with a lot of hesitation behind that. If you <laughs> well, are I'm picking, going, I'm going even closer than you. Yeah, you are. So what's, what's yours? What is your <laughs> score prediction end of the day on Saturday? I feel like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm replaying the CBS montages in my head where I think, uh, 2014 was really the one where that you don't have a great montage. I'm, I'm remembering 2009 and then 2010 and all the, the Vernon Gary, and he got the Julio Jones is behind the defense, and yeah, then he got, yeah. <laughs> then he got Yeldon to the end zone. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, it's these, it's these huge <laughs> colossal plays. It feels like you know, I've from been, from each so, game, you remember one play. That's the crazy thing about these games is they're so huge. But one, I, I'm play remembering. Every I feel like year. we're gonna have that again, though. I feel like we're gonna have one of these. Uh, no, these, I agree. Can you stop the power of Alabama? Yeah. You know, at the end of the game, we end up scoring some. I'm giving us the win because, like you said, defense and we're at home, and I expect us to turn that switch this this week um, to really have that that game. That there's no way we've been sleeping on this game. Or we got the bye week, they got the bye week. All the hype's built up. We're not going to come out flat. I'm giving us 21-20 uh, with hesitation. I mean, usually I pick a pretty big spread. Is how ridiculous. I love Alabama, but how ridiculous is it that Alabama opened up with a seven-point spread with the way they've played at home That's and the way LSU has dominated this year? That's madness. How how do you give? I hope we're not you know forming a mob uh, <laughs> at our doors, but how do you give Alabama a seven-point? I doubt the line's at five right now, but we opened up with the seven-point spread. Seven, a touchdown. I hope they're right, man. Hell, I hope we go up forty-one twenty at halftime. I mean, you know, like. It's not going to happen, though. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just I, – I, this game will not be more than five points. For the sake of discussion, there was one game in the NFL this week, and it was the Rams versus the 49ers, where one matchup this week where the spread was more than four points. You're going to tell me that this game is, is more of more of a lock for Alabama to win than, than all those NFL games we saw last week? Nah. Right. Nah. Right. Absolutely not. I mean, anyway. it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. So let's move on. And then who knows? Uh, who knows? It could, it could, it, 
someone could dominate. Yeah. Football. Whatever. Yeah. College football playoff committees meeting tonight. Sorry, we couldn't do this podcast after. I, I would have loved to do that, but Patrick, you and I both have things to do. Uh, and for once, we're not starting one of these at 11 at night. So uh, they're actually meeting in a couple minutes. Yeah, five minutes actually. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a disclaimer, and I'll I'll try and check that so we can maybe go over uh, what they've said at the end of the podcast. Maybe if we can stretch out that time, but I'm gonna put a disclaimer down right now. If you are someone who it goes looks at these rankings tonight, throws your papers in the air, and starts cursing, you're a madman. Okay, <laughs> November has just started. And last year, the national champion, Patrick, do you know where they were ranked this time last year with the first playoff committee came out? Do you know gonna, where Ohio State was ranked? I'm going to expect like 12 after they lost to Virginia Tech. 16. No one talked about them. 16th. Wow. 16th, Patrick. So it doesn't matter where you're ranked well, right now. Remember who started at number one in the first ever college football playoff poll. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, it was Mississippi State, right? With yeah. Ole Miss at number two. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, Patrick, I just – I, I can't stand it when people get all upset and in a tizzy. And I do it too. I do. I do it more with the AP poll because that's that's writers and they're not, you know. I After after Alabama beat Georgia, four AP writers had Alabama drop down one spot. So I, I don't understand that. Now, I will get frustrated with that. I will not get frustrated at these people uh, – in the college football playoff committee when there's so many unbeaten teams, so many teams still have yet to play each other. Uh, there's just no reason to freak out right now. So that's my disclaimer. Everybody again, again, stay calm. They, they meet in four minutes. So we're going to get the poll in four minutes. So you're not yeah. going to get the updated poll. Maybe we'll do it at the end of the podcast, but really what we want to do is we're going to spend the next four minutes previewing it. And uh, if you have any reaction, that's where you hit us up on that, uh, that social media. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Patrick, uh, are there any locks right now? Anybody that, you think they're going to put in the top four that you know for 100% fact they're going to be in the college football playoff? No, absolutely not because this they're brutal and there are too many undefeated teams left and too many things close. I could see LSU getting left out even though I have them at number one. I could see Clemson getting left out. Even Ohio State with the way they've played, Baylor, TCU, Michigan State, any assembly of those four teams could be in, but I'm not giving any of them a lock. And I won't be no. surprised if any of them are left out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, I think that it's it's really really tough uh, to pick. I I feel bad for the committee. I really do. I don't. There's definitely not a lock at this point because everybody's still got a really tough schedule. I think the easiest schedule from here on out is probably Ohio State, and they've got to go play Michigan and Michigan State back to back. So they've got a big rivalry game. Then they've got to go on the road and play in East Lansing. I'm pretty sure uh, they've got to go play in East Lansing. So you know, I don't think there's a lock right now, but Patrick, go ahead. Give me your four right now. You, Patrick, I am awarding you. People have listened to Pat's interference for years. This is years down the road. And they've <laughs> said, Patrick Brickman, you know what you're talking about. You're a, a guru, if you will. Uh, please give us your college football playoff four teams. So did you just put me in the college football playoff committee 10 years down the road? Because that'd be pretty I did. Awesome. awesome. And I'm proud of you, man. I'm Thanks. so freaking well, proud an of honor. you. It's an honor to be part of that uh, prestigious group. Uh, me and Condoleezza Rice are actually going out for a uh, little brunch tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I'm so funny. Uh, okay, so I started off debating on whether or not – I think they're going to throw – a wrench in there. Uh, they want to create discussion because this is a televised thing and they want people to tune in every single week. Let's be honest. 
this yeah. is also a money making. Yeah, poll. this is and totally. They televised yeah. this, so they're going to throw yeah. in something that causes us to argue. And I think that thing they're going to throw in is not having Ohio State at one. Uh, I didn't drop them any farther than two, so I went a one LSU undefeated SEC team, even though they still have not played their toughest probably three games of the year. Then Ohio yeah. State, then Clemson, and then it's hard. I've, I put Baylor in over Michigan State because uh, I think the, the, they're going to get penalized for they should have lost. And then yep. uh, TCU um, just has not looked as impressive as Baylor. And they are not. They can't penalize Baylor yet for losing their quarterback. So um, Yeah. Well, and, and they that, take injuries into account now too, remember. Uh, that's, that's something that I don't necessarily agree with because that's football, but they do take injuries into account. So that's that's sort of something, and that can work for them or against them, you know. Ours is, uh, but our, our, ours is pretty close. Yeah. Our, our poll. Yeah, yeah. So my my teams right now, I've got LSU at one, which Alabama is playing the number one team this weekend. I don't care who you are, or what you think. If you don't think the LSU Tigers are number one right now, I I, I don't know what football you've been watching. Uh, the they only thing I can think that could keep LSU, not the only thing, but one of the things I think that could keep LSU away from one is ESPN televises this. Am I, am I right? It's on ESPN. And yes, we're ESPN the at CBS 7 o'clock game. or 8 o'clock. We're the CBS game. So they could try to – I mean, who else would is – is maybe one of those teams coming on ESPN this weekend because they could put them at number one. And believe me, I fully believe that this is all for money again still. So I, if Clemson is playing on ESPN this weekend, I could easily see Clemson being one, but I'm searching it now to see what who they're televising. Uh, Clemson plays ESPN Florida State at 3.30, I believe. Ah, there you go. Yeah. See, that's they, a big one. They are our opening act, if you will. Uh, they are the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers to our... Well, that's not really a good one. I, I don't know. They're our opening act. I'll say that. Um, I'll, I'll think of a better example later. Uh, I've got LSU, Clemson, OSU, and TCU. TCU is really the only one that I don't really feel comfortable putting in... Uh, putting in right now just because I, their only game if i'm being honest that i've watched just sat down and watched this year now i've had them on in the background of stuff and watched you know a quarter here or there but the only full game i watched from them this year was the texas tech game where they you know just like you're talking about michigan state they quote unquote should have lost that game uh that game was not theirs to win and you know so uh, you know i well tcu is the only one that i feel kind of bad about putting in there this Ohio State stuff with JT Barrett, man. Can we talk about that for a second? Have you heard all this stuff with Urban yes. Meyer? Okay, so for those of you that haven't heard, here's what's going on. JT Barrett, Ohio State, just named their quarterback, which became breaking news all of a sudden, even though they were playing freaking Rutgers. But anyway. And he uh, basically played most of the season anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. So it wasn't huge news. I don't know why we blew it up like it was. but So he gets named the all-time starting quarterback. He's all-time QB playing in the backyard, Patrick. It was a good it was a good move. It was a good move. It was At a good time. Move. He gets a DUI last week, uh pulling up to a traffic stop, uh a DUI checkpoint. He knows he's driving under the influence, so he tries to escape. He gets caught. Uh escapes well, maybe point. not the right word. Was it he point tries zero eight to... that he blew or oh, boy. Uh he blew a little bit. They never really gave us a clear uh number, but they said he blew over the legal limit, which is point oh eight. Yeah, he gets suspended for a game by Urban Meyer. People start sort of. This is how I perceived it. People started sort of saying, "Now wait a minute, you are the one who's talking about how you you've got to be a disciplinarian, you got to teach these kids character and all that." 
and now you're only giving this kid one game, Urban feels a little bit of that pressure, takes away a semester of this kid's scholarship. Okay, it's the summer. It's the summer, right, that he took away. Exactly. That's so. That's the point I want to get to. This is what pisses me off more than anything about it, is the fact that it's not a spring term or a fall term. It's a summer term. And he can term. earn it back. It says he can earn it back, which means he's going to quietly under the table you're, earn it back. You're taking the words out of my mouth. Exactly. How in the hell is this a punishment at all? He's missing one game, and it's Minnesota. And then you're going to say, oh, well, we're taking away his tuition. Well, that's great. Well, we're taking away for the summer. Does he even take summer classes? Well, he can earn it back. Wait, what the hell? Then you haven't punished him at all. And you let, haven't let punished him the one pot bit. Even more. I guess huh. I shouldn't be shocked since half of Urban Meyer's team from Florida is now serving in the Gainesville Penitentiary. People aren't upset enough about this. I agree with you. Think back to last year. The biggest quarterback named probably even still if you mention him right now. Remember Jameis Winston only missed one game for yelling an expletive. And he missed the Clemson game, the big rivalry game, the ranked matchup, the, the, top, the top 10 ranked matchup, and he yelled a naughty word. This dude just got and drove a vehicle drunk. After what happened in Oklahoma State, too. Actually breaking the law. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't a week forget after what happened in Stillwater less than two weeks ago. A woman gets in the car, she's drunk, and drives into the homecoming parade, Patrick. It's just, it's, it's, I don't understand drunk driving at all. Uh... As someone who doesn't drink a lot, I really don't understand it. I, I just I can't imagine what's going through this kid's head. You have you have so much in front of you, and I'm I'm so tired of hearing. And I mentioned this in one of the episodes at the beginning of this podcast, where they say, "Oh, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. He doesn't know any better. He's just a kid." You know what, Patrick? I'm 22. I was I was in college very very young, uh, and I was just a kid. And I'm not saying I didn't make dumb choices. But I didn't make colossal dumb choices like risking – I don't – you know, when you drive drunk, I care about your life. Like I don't want to sound heartless, but I care about your life a lot less than the people that you could be putting in harm's way. Yeah. And, you know, maybe call me a bastard for that, but Patrick, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand where you get in your head that this is okay when you have so much going for you. Sorry, I'm off my soapbox. No, I'm right I, there with that, you. No, I, that wasn't on the docket. I, I just I had to blow up on that. Uh, I, I've I'm got just, no problem I'm, with you doing that. I'm really, really let down by Urban Meyer. Uh, I, I can't stand him already as is on the field. Um, I think he's petty. I think he does it all for show, and I don't really think he gives a crap about his players. He's really showing that now. Uh, because if you're going to talk about growing people as characters – or as, uh, growing people's character and growing them as people, this is not how you do it. Let's move um, on. I, I agree with you. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see. Trying to think if there's anything else around the uh, the nation. But really, that's been the main news this week. Is all this stuff about? Well, JT and let me Baird let me go Ohio off. State. And I was going to go off on this on my sound off, but I want to change my sound off because now I've, I'm I'm going to go off twice, and I don't want to do that. So the Miami play, and this is actually kind of comical. Um. The Miami play a couple weeks ago, or last week, excuse me, a uh, lot of laterals. Great play. Eight. Good touchdown. Crazy, crazy play. Guy's knee was down, okay? Uh, there's a couple reviews. I'm just giving you the paraphrase version. If you, if you want to see it, go on YouTube. It's everywhere. Uh, guy's knee was down. There's a block in the back that they reviewed, which you Multiple. can't do. You cannot review a block in the back. Uh, so I don't know why they were doing that in the first place. 
So the ACC suspended the referees from that game, saying that they made the wrong call. Yet then today, Patrick, they award Miami with, what was it? It was like the play of the week or something? The ACC game <laughs> of the week or something? Uh, you are the same conference that just suspended referees for saying, hey, you made the wrong call on this. And then they're like, but they made the play of the week, guys. Nine that was minutes it. of reviewing. They still didn't catch the knee being down. There were probably four different blocks in the back. Here's my question, and here's the real discussion from this. Um, David Cutcliffe, the coach for, for uh, Duke, has been lobbying all week long. I mean, every day there's a different quote from him. Lobbying for them to reverse the, the call. I mean, because yeah. the game was over when the knee hit the ground. It seems like it's a pretty day and night. Say, okay, well, Duke won this game. It cost Duke millions of dollars. But if you were are, – are you pro-reversing the game score or are you against it? I'm, I'm so far against it, Patrick, because that is such too. a slippery slope. You yes. change one and you've got 90 other – then you've got uh, – I'll raise my hand. Uh, hi, my name is Patrick Norwood from Pat's Interference. I know you haven't heard of me. But I'm a big deal. And I was at the 2011 LSU-Alabama game when Michael Williams went up for a jump ball, came down with it. It got ripped out of his hands after he hit the ground. Ty goes to the receiver, remember. And they called it an interception. I want that play reviewed, too. And it, it's just – it's such a slippery slope. It, it doesn't stop after that. I mean, uh, you even go back to uh, the – what? okay, it was forever ago. Fifth down. Remember fifth down? Fifth down. I mean, we weren't alive then, but fifth down. Um, Bands out on the field. You think there wasn't a penalty during that play? How would you know? I mean, I mean, there's just there's so it's such a slippery slope. So no, I feel bad for Missouri, Colorado. Sorry. And here's here's something that I was I was talking to one of our listeners uh, today actually, and he said, you know what's going to be really really bad if it happens, not if Duke. for some reason, you know, wins out, wins the ACC. I know that those odds are astronomical, but wins out, wins the ACC, and they get snubbed for a playoff spot. That's what everybody keeps saying because of this Miami game. Uh, This listener brought up a really good point. What if Duke doesn't win six games this season and can't go to a bowl game? (laughs) Yeah. I think think at the end of the year, the best thing to do, because you don't want to do that, is he just shouldn't, Hold this score against them. If they win five no. games, I agree. Put them in the bowl. They yep. deserve it. They did win this game. Um, I mean, bowl games are huge money makers for the schools, and it would be unfair for 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 the refs to cause something like that to happen. But again, I'm I'm also with you. Don't reverse the score. You got to go back. You got it's just then too much revisionist history happens. Then there's articles coming out everywhere and fans and. Uh, open letters from Auburn, if you will. Well, and then look at the <laughs> <laughs> then look at the future too. I mean, every close game, you could make an argument and say, "Well, aren't you going to review it and reverse it?" No. Well, here's the good thing: is that uh, the college football is now looking at having a centralized uh, review center like the NFL has, where it's just you know who you know who started that trend. They call it Patrick. You hockey. know which league? Hockey. The NHL did. NHL, oh, hats off to the NHL, sweet, whatever. Sweet hockey. Patrick, I, you know what? Oh, I got to sound off wrong. for next week. I just got to sound off for next week. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, oh man, I'm going to destroy you with some NHL knowledge. Uh, okay, let's move on, Patrick. Uh, I wake up, I'm groggy yesterday morning, flip on my phone. I'm excited. I'm going to work. I love going to work. I'm reading through all of the articles and stuff that I usually read uh, for college football before I head to work. 
and I see one that says Kirby Smart to Virginia Tech question mark. Lots of people saying that he's got a lot of interest in the Virginia Tech job. Patrick, what do you think is the validity of this rumor? The Yeah, the article I kept seeing pop up on the way this works is one person writes it, then everybody starts writing it. Kirby Smart, quote, unquote, highly interested in the Virginia Tech job. Yeah. And he very highly well may interested. be. He very Not well may interested. be, but who highly knows? Who, who, who's getting this from Kirby Smart himself? Kirby Smart, sure. And his own little inner monologue might get on the internet and on TV or something and see that Frank Beamer's retiring and might think, hmm, that'd be nice to think about later on when they're looking for coaches. There's no way he's he's looking forward to the LSU game. He's planning yeah. for Leonard Fournette. He's planning for Brandon yeah. Harris's scrambling ability. He's not, oh, well, screw this. I'm going to go to Virginia Tech. There are a lot of great coaches out there. And Kirby Smart is not is no longer the hottest name on the, on the coaching market. So... Um, I'd actually, if, if I had to put my money on it, Kirby Smart, and there are 10 openings right now, um, but I think Virginia Tech doesn't come to him, and I haven't seen him linked to Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech other than these articles. Uh, no. I think uh, it could be true, but he's not telling anyone, so the articles I find kind of bogus at this point, because it happens every year, but it never yeah. happens before the LSU game. Guys, chill. Yeah, well, Saban's going to Texas at the end of the year, too. Um, Saban's going to coach the Colts. I don't know what you're talking about. The Colts. Good Lord. The Dolphins. He's going to go back to the Dolphins. Um, no, you know, I, honestly, Patrick, you and I talk about this, I feel like, every week. But if Kirby Smart leaves, how mad can we be? You know, I mean, if, if he, after the LSU game, if he stood up and he was like, you know what, this just, I'm, I'm ready to go be a head coach. I'd say, cool, man. I wish you would stick around for the rest of the season, but I understand. Because you're a great coach and you're going to make an awesome head coach. Now, do I think everybody says Georgia's his next job? I don't think. I think Georgia. I'm not. I'm not sure if Georgia is his next step. I think there's some place, kind of like McIlwain. I think there's some place in between Alabama and Georgia, where uh, he goes, maybe gets a couple of years under his belt, and then takes that job, uh, probably from Mark Richt, who will pull out a couple more genius wins this year, maybe, and then maybe win a bowl game. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like Kirby's story really has a lot more to it than people realize. Okay. Um, so if Kirby leaves, let's, and let's, okay. We both said that we like the guy and he's great for the defense. And he's put some great defenses out there under Nick Saban's thumbprint, but how, okay. Honestly, and this is not to take anything away from the defenses he's been able to build for the last several years, but honestly, how much would it hurt? the team next year to the next year to the next year. I think they'd bring in another guy, a top defensive mind, and Nick Saban's going to inst- he's going to install his defense with Nick Saban's thumbprint because it's still the defense is still Nick Saban's baby at the end of the day. Yeah. Um it kind of reminds me of um who was his defensive coordinator at LSU? And even even when Jimbo Fisher was coaching, I know he was offense and Jimbo Fisher had a little bit more to say over the offense at LSU, but it was still the Nick Saban offense we know and love. And yeah. then Jumbo Fisher was the hottest name in coaching. FSU snags him up because they promised him coach in waiting. Um, it's a lot like that. Uh, LSU was fine, will be fine. That's the way I see it. I would hate to see him go, but I'm not going to say it's the sky's falling if he does. Uh, you were asking who the defensive coordinator was? It's a yes. guy by the name of Will Muschamp. There you go. There you go. Uh, I mean, you know, so... I think you're right, and I, th- I think that's what you've got to look at is the fact that Saban's going to get a great guy. Uh, I see a steady decline 
for a couple years after Kirby Smart leaves. Uh, just because his energy that he brings, whereas Saban's sort of this, I know you guys are going to be shocked to hear this, he is not exactly the happiest fellow on the football field. Uh, Kirby Smart, if you get a stop on fourth and one at your 20, Kirby Smart is going to be the first one running out on the field, jumping all over your helmet and losing his shit. But they can hire another guy like that. Can they? I don't I don't know if they make him like Kirby Smart, Patrick. I, I don't. I, I think he is extremely valuable. Do I think that there's going to be someone who's great like that again under Saban? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do I think that there's ever going to be another Kirby Smart? No. No, I don't. Uh, I, I, I really, really like him. I hope he does well wherever he goes. And I think it's time. I said it was time last season, and he stayed. Uh, I, I just, I think it's time. Maybe he'll come to UCF. Maybe right down the road from my apartment, he'll uh, come coach at UCF. Um, okay, <laughs> Patrick, uh, let's move on to anyone else from the coaching staff, actually. Who, who else do you think could go after the season concludes? The two other names you hear are Cristobal and Lane Kiffin. So um, I actually think out of that, Cristobal is the most likely to leave, not for Georgia and not for uh, Virginia Tech, not for USC. Um, yeah. But he could replace one of these up-and-coming head coaches that might leave for USC. Uh, was his name? Fuentes at Memphis. He could fill that next Memphis role. Remember the old NCAA video games? I say old, yeah. but they're like three years old now where they had the coaching yeah. carousel. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. Please come back. I need you in my Please life. Come back. Please come back. Um, yeah. I could. Yeah, I, I could see. I could see the hot name from the head coaching ranks leave for the even bigger job, and then somebody like Cristobal filling that role and seeing if they can replicate that kind of success. I know. I just joked about it. I genuinely could see Cristobal coming to UCF to coach the Knights. Um, uh, you know, let's let's because go ahead. I don't and... care what Paul Feinbaum says. UCF isn't that highly thought of as far as head coaching ranks by the uh, way not right now but you'll remember two years ago they beat baylor in a bowl game in a bcs bowl just saying it's something to think about let's go ahead and talk about the freaking person that we're going to talk about because you and i both know what i'm about to say lane kiffin to miami what do you think <laughs> i don't think it happens i think it's a media created uh storyline i don't think that the hey you know how everyone knows how we feel about Kiffin. We're not going to get into it, um, especially you more than me. But uh, I'm biting think, my tongue. I, I know you're waiting for me to flip out. I'm biting my because tongue. the offense has not been dominant. He needs another dominant offensive year, and I think that year yeah. could come next year. Um, has he I don't had think a dominant he's leaving. Year? He, okay, I would say last year, if he if we our offense was as good as last year, we, we weren't dominant. But we were a force to be reckoned with on offense. We have not been a force on offense this year. Derrick Henry's been a force. Uh, um, uh, Calvin Calvin Ridley's Ridley's been a force at times. But as a unit, we have not been. Like we were last year for several games. I don't think this year's the year where people are going to go, we got to go get that guy. We have to go get Kiffin right now. And Kiffin's not leaving for Memphis. Kiffin's not leaving for anything less than something like Miami. He would fit the personality of Miami great. Don't get me wrong. I agree. But – I'm not convinced that Miami's looking that thinks Lane Kiffin's the answer after the year that our offense is having and the struggles, the well-documented struggles that we're having. I mean, we don't shy from it, and the media definitely yeah, but Patrick, shy from it. I think it's a little bit more realistic than you're thinking. Look at how bad Miami is. I, they're bad. 
They're really, really bad, Patrick. And I know they had a big win on Saturday, but remember, that big win is against Duke. And you had to do eight laterals and two illegal blocks and one knee down to do it. Yeah, but uh, Miami is not I, – I know I know the drawbacks of the Miami program. I know that the stadium is an hour away from the campus. Um, I know that Miami doesn't have the kind of money in their athletic program because of the way their school is. I know Miami hasn't had success in a while. But they're in Miami, and that is a rich recruiting ground. And these dudes that are hungry for head coaching jobs – would take that in a heartbeat because they know the advantages of being in the ACC, having that rich recruiting ground. Sure, they got to drive an hour to the stadium, and sure, the fan base is pretty bad. But the fan base is bad when the team is bad, and that's the same for any team. I think all that stuff that, that Feinbaum, uh, even though I love listening to his show, blew. I think he blew it kind of out of proportion uh, because he wants listeners, and he got listeners from that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I would coach at Miami. I would – any, anybody would be lucky to start their head coaching career or continue their head coaching career from a place like Memphis from Miami, to Miami. Yeah. I don't know. I There's there's certain programs that I just wouldn't touch uh, because there's so much of an expectation to succeed right away because of what used to be. Uh, Texas is one of those programs. USC is definitely one of those programs. And Miami's the third of those three. Uh, because there's such an expectation to do so well, so quickly with so little, uh, that's the huge outlier with that. And USC's the, the least of those three. Uh, but I mean, you look, oh, you look at Miami, Patrick, they don't have anything. They have nothing right now. Their special teams are awful. Uh, their offense is, uh, they go backwards a lot. Uh, and their defense is a cool breeze. I mean, there's nothing there. Um, so I no, I, I, I think I people are. Over, I still job. think oh, people are overstating Miami, and the t- three teams you named, I'd go coach any of them in a second. I want you know the expectations I can handle. Well, you would. I would if okay. I'll I'll re I'll rephrase a, that. A fifty-eight nothing loss to Clemson, where they gave up. They gave up on their coach. They stopped playing for their coach. And sure, that's the kind of athletes they recruited. But I've seen NFL teams do the same thing. I'm, an, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I saw them give up on their head coach, too. Oh, uh, I think the 158-0 loss that they had to Clemson has kind of become the looking glass that we see this Miami. We're spending a lot of time on Miami today, by the way. Anyway, I love it. This yeah, is Pat's fine. interference. We can do what we want. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. Um, I mean, they beat Virginia Tech, who hasn't been great. They beat Nebraska, who's kind of a dumpster fire. But the, the team that I've seen on the field and the athletes they have – should not have been, and they almost beat FSU, should not be the result of what we saw in that Clemson game. I, I would, if you're a coach that thinks he can turn a program around, Miami's a good place to go. This is all spurred because okay. we said, you know what, Lane Kiffin is is a match there, which I think he is. I just don't think, I think Miami has higher expectations, higher aspirations than a twice-failed head coach. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, moving on. Uh, Patrick. Uh, can you tell me something that re- that rhymes with not flakes? Hot takes. Hot takes. It's hot takes time, Patrick. Clemson versus FSU. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Clemson. Uh, I think FSU is sort of still deflated after the Georgia Tech game, uh, a la the uh, Alabama team after the kick six. So I'm going to go Clemson. Not big. Uh, I'm going to go Clemson by 10. Patrick, who do you have in TCU Oklahoma State? TCU. Uh, okay. Oklahoma State's undefeated, but 
I'm picking TCU. I just, I don't know. I love their offense. I know they haven't played great, but that's something that teams eventually do, and I think they've been coming together the last couple weeks, and I, I their, their offense is great, I, I will admit. Defensively, Only... it's, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a 50-50-something to 50 something game, a 60-50-something to 50 something game, because that's well, the way they play football there. But Patrick, the Horn Frogs better n- hope that's not a shootout, because... The Oklahoma State Cowboys will bring their guns. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. TCU is going to win. Okay, Texas A&M and Auburn. Uh, A&M, easy. Patrick, Arkansas and Ole Miss, who you got? Ooh, I hate to move so quick on this. Uh, does Arkansas have a chance? It's an, in Ole Miss where they've – how has Ole Miss played? They've played about the same on the home end of the road. Stop it. I'm still you know your Ole answer. Miss. Give me your answer. Stop it. Come Ole Miss. on. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. Don't play but that game anymore. That's the rest of our hot takes. That's, that's the four we put, so I do want to spend a little bit of time – what do we need Ole Miss to do? I mean, we need them to lose. We need Ole Miss and if we to don't lose. think they're going to lose to Arkansas. Arkansas. I, let's go, Arkansas. Come on. Step up. They Here lost to Memphis. Yeah. And then they got yeah, LSU. But I, I think Memphis is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We just need them to, we need them to lose. We need them to lose. Absolutely. Uh, going back to TCU, Oklahoma State, just for a bit. I really, really want Oklahoma State to win. I'm kind of tired of hearing about TCU. TCU is this year's Oregon, and I'm just tired of it. I think they've got great players. I don't think they have a great team. So I hope Oklahoma State wins. I know in my heart it's going to be TCU. And then the next week for the college football playoff committee, if TCU blows them out of the water, they'll be first. No question. Even if LSU comes out and beats Alabama 52 to nothing, they'll put TCU first because it's good TV. What do people want to watch? An LSU team that's going to beat people 12 to 9, 12 to 6? Or a TCU team that's going to win 54 to 37? Ugh, gross. I know. Okay. All right, Patrick. New segment. We started it last week. It's called Sound Off. Patrick, I'm going to go with my sound off first. Uh, I changed mine. I was going to go off on Miami, which we already did, so there's no point. Uh, Big, big news on the PGA Tour. Justin Thomas, Alabama golf national champion, finally gets his first PGA uh, win at the CIMB Classic. Uh double bogeyed ha i want to say it was the 14th closed out with three straight birdies to hold off adam scott by one stroke that's clutch man that's clutch a lot of people saying that he's going to be the next one that it was spieth and then him uh interesting fact he and spieth played each other in the 2012 national championship for men's golf division one spieth won justin thomas came back the next year got alabama it's first men's golf national championship alabama came back in 2014 won back to back but justin thomas was already gone on the web.com tour very very proud of justin thomas i see very big things from him may even win a major this year patrick who or what is your sound off i love that i get all my golf knowledge from you and uh, my morning anchor at my job you're welcome yes two people all my all my golf knowledge all right mine I'm stepping outside the realm of sports. I'm stepping outside the realm of people, places. I'm going, uh, my eyes have been opened, everyone. Really, the last couple of weeks, uh, I ate a lot of cereal. This is my the most ridiculous. Hold on. This is going to be the most ridiculous sound off of all time. But it's I important. Can't, I can't it's believe important. you're doing it. It's important. It's important. Fine. My eyes have Fine. been opened. I know listeners, some of them out there are living on college budgets, even though they're graduated. Even less than college budgets, if we want to call it that eat a TV. lot of cereal. I eat a lot of cereal. I eat multiple bowls a week. I'm eating a bowl as soon as we get off this. Uh, here's my suggestion. Never buy regular Kellogg's Rice Krispies again. Guys, I get it. 
it's tough to buy the bag uh, of generic brand cereal at the store. It really is. But Rice Krispies is the easiest recipe to replicate. It tastes exactly the same no matter where you go. If you're getting the Target brand, if you're getting the Great Value Walmart brand, if you're getting the Sam's Club Maker's Mark brand, it doesn't matter. It's all the same, everyone. Really, it is. Don't pay the extra that is for the such a slippery. That's such a slippery slope. Where does it no, stop because, with you? Because Fruity Pebbles... Are you going to are you gonna buy Big K Cola instead of Coke? No. no. Listen. Well, I mean, I think you're taking what I'm saying out of context. Listen, I've tried Fruity Pebbles and I've tried Fruity Dino Bites. Fruity Pebbles every day of the week. Every day of the week. But the Rice Krispies, no matter where you go, taste exactly the same from the generic brand because there's no flavor to it. It's easy. Save the this money. Is, sure, I get it. conversation is ridiculous. Marshmallow Mateys is not the same as Lucky Charms. But crispy it's, rice is the same as rice crispy. Because you know what, Lucky Charms is the one true cereal. I don't eat cereal that much. I love donuts. No, hold on. Here's the quote that we had before the podcast started when he said he was going to destroy me, and I wrote it down. <laughs> Patrick Norwood is quoted as saying, "I don't eat any underline any cereal. I eat donuts." I said I rarely eat cereal. I didn't say I didn't eat any. No, you were you were speaking in absolutes. He is not the cereal authority. I eat multiple bowls a week, probably about I'm six not or the seven. Cereal authority. Oh my gosh! I didn't know you were going to become the military police of Rice Krispies. All right, we're out. If of here. If there's a single job this, in no, the world that I'm qualified done. for, it's cereal authority. More so than even talking about sports. Easy. It's or pizza. You can find us on Facebook at Pat's Interference, Twitter pi underscore podcast. You can go to our website. PatsInterference.com. Final scores again. Ah, 21-17 Alabama. 21-20 Alabama. We're both picking Alabama wins. Neither of us have picked them to lose. Shocker, everyone. Have a hey. great weekend. Hey, Patrick. Patrick. This is our 10th episode, man. we got to celebrate. I don't know Woo. what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. Woo. And we're going to put it on Facebook. 10. 10 episodes. Big one up. We still have at least one person listening. That's Double excellent. digits. That's excellent news. Patrick, thank you so much for this. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is a huge hobby of ours. We've wanted to do this for a really long time, and it just means the world to us uh, that you would uh, listen to us for 50 minutes. So thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Don't get too stressed out about the rankings. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good weekend, everybody. Most importantly, roll tide. Beat the swamp, kitties. <laughs>